Okay, so Jim Rutherford's not the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins anymore. And if you saw that coming, my goodness. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I also do Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates. If you're into the football slash baseball thing, this runs every Monday through Friday. I'm grateful for everyone who listens and or participates in this program. I, I'm blown away still. This many hours after the word came out that Jim Rutherford quit, walked away midseason with no warning by every account, according to David Morehouse, the Penguins president, and according to Rutherford himself, something that all just happened within a 24-hour span. I'm convinced, after multiple conversations that I've had with people that I've known and trusted with the Penguins for a very long time, that this was plain and simple a contract matter. Rutherford's term is set to expire this June. So he was operating this season, this current season, with a lame duck status. He's 71 years old, but he doesn't see age. He just doesn't, to his credit. What he felt he earned over his time in Pittsburgh with the two championships, with everything else that he's achieved here and the way he's comported himself as a member of the Pittsburgh community was an extension, was something more than to just watch him run the clock out or to see how he does or to see how the team does this season. This isn't more complex or layered than that. I hope you can trust me on that. It just isn't. It wasn't even necessarily a case of there being some kind of rift or philosophical difference. The GM felt he'd earned a contract extension. The ownership felt that they wanted to see something. It didn't work out. He's not around. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. With all due respect to everything that happened under Jim Rutherford's watch in Pittsburgh, notably, of course, the great Stanley Cup championships in 2016 and 2017, and all of the many acquisitions that Rutherford made 
to help those become possible. The big question now becomes, you know, who's next? What's next? And right off the bat here, I can see that I'm not going to see eye to eye with where the Penguins are headed on this. At least I don't think I am, pending who they actually hire. David Morehouse made crystal clear yesterday in his call with us what kind of GM he wants ultimately to replace Rutherford. The criteria we were looking for when we hired Jim was someone uh, with experience uh, that has seen everything and and that has had the experience of uh, winning cups, winning a cup, and uh, and and I and we like Jim uh, for his experience, but also for his his youthful way of thinking about things, his 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 unique perspective. Uh, Jim always thought outside the box. Uh, you know, he was he 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 was one of the first general managers I know that was looking at analytics. Uh, so I, I think that was what we were looking for then. I think now uh, looking for uh, something similar. We're looking for someone that can can take this great group of players and uh, hang another banner on the rafters. See, that sounds good, and it might even be good, depending on who it is that they get. Because the truth is, you do have Sidney Crosby here. Set aside Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and the, the whole concept of the core, if you can, for this particular discussion. As long as you have Sidney Crosby in the fold, you are not rebuilding. Plain and simple. It's going to sound a little uncomfortable, maybe, to hear this. But you owe Sid to keep giving him as many chances as possible to win more championships, within reason. I'm not saying you do that when he's 38, 39, 40, whatever it is. But as long as you have Sid on your roster as your captain, you are not rebuilding. So that part of it I I can respect. But when it comes to hiring a general manager... There's more to it than just, well, let's see what holes are missing and how we can fill them. Um, This guy over here isn't skating all that hard, and maybe if I move him out, I can shake up the roster and do this and that. That's a lot of the GMing that JR did, most of it very effectively. He has an old-school approach. GMing, while he's open to new ideas, his actual execution is very much rooted in old school thinking. Believe it or not, that's not a knock. Old school thinking, for the most part, still wins in hockey. As soon as you start getting past how well someone's skating or how hard someone's playing, you're starting to conflate things that really don't matter anywhere near as much as those two things. That was true in 1921, same as it's true in 2021. But there also comes a time for team building. 
I don't know, you, you call it rebuilding, building. We talk about this stuff with the pirates all the time uh, in this town. It's, it's semantics. But the fact of the matter is, this team has gone without top draft picks for far too long. It's gone without a significant infusion of young talent for far too long. And on those rare occasions when it actually does produce a young player or two, it takes far too long to utilize them. I've been of the mindset for a very long time now, probably I want to say since 2018, the year after that second cup that I was just describing, that this team needed to start skewing younger, even if that meant a year or two that's semi-down, where there'd still be a reasonable chance for Sid, Gino, Tanger, and everybody else to contend for a cup, but not throwing everything against the wall all at the same time. Second round pick for Patrick Marlowe just jumps to mind. You just can't do that. You can't do that. Not at this stage of where this team is age-wise. You need those picks. You need that young blood. You need those fresh legs in your system. I wouldn't mind seeing a general manager hired who has a passion, a capability, and ideally experience at doing this, at building a team up. Not from scratch, but more rooted in the draft, more rooted in acquiring younger players, whether that's collegiate free agents, however it is that you acquire them, through trades, whatever. I'd love to see that. And I don't know that those two concepts have to be mutually exclusive. I don't know that Morehouse needed to describe the likely credentials for Rutherford's successor as sounding a lot like Rutherford. This team isn't there. This team isn't where it was in 2016 and 2017. Not to be that guy, but watch these first seven games that the Penguins have played. Watch the game that they'll play tonight in Boston. And you tell me if they've got the same hop, the same jolt, the same spark, the same fire, the same hunger. I don't see it. I don't see it in their wins. They've gotten some results. Good for them. But I'm not seeing a team that's on some kind of climb. In fact, it looks ominously like the opposite. So why not look to the next bench tonight at the hockey rink and ask yourself why you can't do what the Bruins did? Bruins have some older guys, really important guys. Patrice Bergeron. Zdeno Chara was there forever. Tuka Rask's been there forever. Brad Marchand feels like he's been there forever. David Krejci's been there forever. Other than Chara, all those guys are still there. They're still the quote-unquote core. What they did, though, was they augmented with youth. They found their Charlie McAvoy's. And they put them into the lineup and had them fuse together. And it made 
Bergeron, Marchand, Chara, and everybody else, Krejci, look and play and maybe even feel younger. And it worked. Look, I, I know the Bruins haven't won the Cup you know, for a handful of years either, but the Bruins have been right there. They've been closer to it the last couple of years than the Penguins have. And they easily could have gotten one or two in that time, which is more than the Penguins can say. Why? They weren't giving up their draft picks. They kept bringing in kids. They kept letting kids play. They won't all succeed. They won't all be your best choices to win that game that night. But they'll help you build an organization. They'll help you build your own depth, build your own options. Sam Lafferty watches the Penguins play right now. Is Sam Lafferty the answer to the franchise woes? I have no earthly idea. I would strongly suspect that he isn't, though. But give him a chance. Let him play. Let's see something. If you're not getting any traffic to the net, let's see Anthony Angelo. Let's see more of Drew O'Connor who drove to the net consistently and authoritatively a couple nights ago. Don't just throw them out there because, you know, everyone else got hurt. And I've got no choice. I'm going to give this kid a few shifts and whatever. Play them. Use them. Find more of them. Get a general manager who will think about building the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not just filling holes, not just patching up problems along the way. Find a general manager who will build the Pittsburgh Penguins. When we come back, just one question. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's time for just one question. If you'd like to submit a question to this portion of the program, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that encompasses this podcast and leave it in the comments right there. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One Question comes from Joe, who asks, DK, with no fans at games, the intensity looks off on most NHL games I've watched. And there, too, I seem less interested myself. Do you think the lack of fans at games is affecting the play? My favorite part of your question, Joe, is that you didn't attach it specifically to the Penguins. 
because that would, you know, even if you didn't intend it that way, it would feel like excuse making for their lack of intensity because it's going to affect every team pretty much the same way. It's bizarre. I've been now in home and road arenas this season, and it never stops being bizarre. Nothing more so than when a goal is scored for the home team. The other day against the Rangers, when Jake Gensel popped that late one-timer into the net to lift the Penguins 3-2, you could hear him and a couple of his teammates yell out, Yeah! Before the light came on, before the goal horn, you know, the arena horn sounded, before Party Hard started blaring, and I'm sure before anyone on the broadcast realized that there was a goal. At least I'm betting that. We don't have access to broadcasts when we're in the press box, but everything is so delayed. And it's so, I'll use that word again, it's bizarre. I have no doubt that it has an impact on the intensity of the hockey overall. If you'll recall watching from afar the playoff games from the two bubbles this past summer, it took until the probably late in the second round by my own gauge for those games to look like playoff hockey. And some of that, of course, was that they had to ramp up from you know, training camp right into game one of the postseason. But a lot of it's that, too. I mean, the playoffs are when you can't hear yourself think, when the fans have a big positive reaction to every good thing that you do, or for that matter, a really vocal negative reaction sometimes when you're playing very poorly. I referenced during one of the Penguins' wins on this past homestand, one of the many wins they've had, by the way, where they've really not played well and not shown much inspiration that I believe they would have gotten booed off the ice after one of these first periods. That they were that disinterested, that disengaged that people in Pittsburgh would have really, really been rough on them. And you know what? I'll bet it would have made a difference because no one likes that. No one likes that on home ice. It's different. It's very different. I can tell you this, though, too, that when you get even a few fans into a venue, even if it's just a fraction of the overall capacity, it makes a difference. Uh, It really does. I saw that in football firsthand in these 60,000, 70,000-seat stadiums where like the Steelers would, would allow at one point 5,000 into Heinz Field, which holds 68. And those people work so hard to make so much extra noise, and they stand through the whole game. And the players are aware of them. The players are aware that humans are watching. It just comes with a different feel than just those huge single-colored tarps that wrap around the rink and some cameras, and then, you know, occasionally looking up at the press box seven floors high 
and seeing little old us up there, 10 of us. It makes a difference. If, as I'm expecting in February, you're going to see in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania some of these restrictions get at least a little bit relaxed, we're doing well of late in Allegheny County, knock on wood. I think you're going to see the Penguins have a little bit uh, of a boost from having people in the building. But, yeah, it's, man, every once in a while, seriously, Joe, I'll just look around at some of these scenes and just take a mental snapshot because years from now I'm never going to believe that this actually happened. You know, Great question, man. Thank you for that. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career-ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.